You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Steve McCoy from 360 Church in Sarasota, Florida. We hope this message inspires you to press beyond ordinary. Collection of conversations about uh, the, uh, under the tree. And I know, especially on a day like this, our first image that comes uh, uh, in mind is a beautiful Christmas tree. And, and certainly we put a lot of things under the tree. In the Bible, it's, uh, it might be surprising for some of you that in the, in the New Testament especially, when, we, when a tree is referred to, it's, it's also referring to the cross of Christ. And as we're talking about Christmas, it may be unusual for, for you to think, why would we be talking about the crucifixion? Because that seems to be more of a, maybe a, a somber uh, th- theme to, to discuss. But really, it's in the cross, it's on the tree of where Jesus died for us that we find hope, where we find the light of the world. From the very beginning, when Christ came, this was his mission. He didn't come just to be a religious leader. He didn't come at all to be a religious leader. In fact, he was not really an endorser of religion. He didn't come just to teach parables and and messages. He really came to rescue the world. And he did that through the cross. That's why we're having the conversation. But when you do think of Christmas, you know, we... We on your seat today. We you have a little gift, and uh, I uh, we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But uh, I I'm, I'm doing a little survey tonight. Just uh, I think just to find out, and also to make myself feel just a little better. To be honest with you, and so I just want to know, like, how many of you guys like don't wrap gifts at all? You just got here's the gift. How many? How many of you? Yeah. And I and I noticed like in this service, the last service too, that those are like almost like a shame. Like, yeah, I don't I don't. I don't um, wrap my gifts, but how many of you like total wrappers? You love the wrap one. Look, look how bold that is. Like, yeah, I love the wrap. Okay, here's my category. How many of you love the gift bag? I love the gift bag. You throw the gift in, you jam some tissue paper on them, dude, you're done. I, I love that, that, that vibe. I don't know who invented the gift bag, but I love them because uh, I'm a horrible, uh, I'm a horrible, uh, you know, a wrapper. So when you think about this whole sense of gifts and their wrap, there's something that you might find a little peculiar. Jesus was wrapped. Jesus was wrapped. And he was wrapped in the beginning of his life, and he was wrapped at the end of his life. Here's a couple of verses from the Bible talking about the manger scene, that Mary wrapped Christ in cloths and placed him in a manger. When Christ was on the cross and he died on the cross, there were two men, a man named Joseph of Arimathea and another man that Christ changed his life completely. His name was Nicodemus. And they came and retrieved Christ from the tree. In John 19, here's what we find. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it and with spices and in, in strips of linen. So I just find it interesting that Christ was wrapped at the beginning of his life, and he was wrapped at the end of his life. And then we find that as we look at this story, people sometimes are trying to unwrap Jesus. Maybe you are. Maybe you're thinking, I'm trying to figure this thing out. Is he just a good teacher? Did he come just to share axioms, principles, truths? Was he trying to, to overthrow the government, the Roman government? Many people are trying to figure that out because 
when you have a gift, the reason that we that we wrap presents, it actually always looked at the history of things. It started about the 1300s with in Korea and, and Japan. And they wrapped these these gifts just like Christ was wrapped in cloth. It wasn't paper. And we love gift wrapping because it has kind of a mystery to it. Here's a stat for you. Did you know that Americans spend on wrapping paper $3 billion a year? $3 billion a year. So this is why I'm saying that. He just said it. This is why I don't wrap presents. See how much we can save. <laughs> there is this mystery when, we, when we're wrapping a present. Like we're, we're, we're like, you know, we're, we're covering what the thing is inside. And then you see the gift, you know, sitting there, and some of it's big, some of it's small, and you're trying to guess. So survey number two, how many of you are gift shakers? You shake the gift. Uh-huh, also ashamed. I see look, these little half masks. Yeah. Oh, I got one proud back there. Yeah, yeah, shake the gift. Way to go. You know, to try to figure out what it is and, like, man, shake it a little bit. People are shaking Jesus. In other words, they're trying to figure out who Christ is because he is wrapped in mystery. And so tonight what I thought we would do is look at some things that might be obvious and to be honest with you, some things that may be challenging. Because I believe in this generation, we really want truth. And Christmas, of course, with all of its enchantment, also has a measure of truth, I believe, that that asked us the question to define who Jesus is. And if we don't define Jesus, then I believe that it, it changes the trajectory of not only our life here, but our life after we take our last breath. That's how serious it is. Now, you may be expecting to hear that in a church, but it really isn't about you in church or you and a, a pastor or a priest or a religion. It really is about you and God. And to ask that question, who Christ is, is maybe one of the most important questions that you could ask in life. So here are some things that I believe that are, that are important because sometimes, you know, you open up a gift and it may not be the best gift. And, and you, there's an anticipation, you know, you've wrapped a gift and you're going to give it to somebody and like, I hope they will like it. You know, have you ever given a gift and someone says, what is it? And that's, it's not a great response. <laughs> I had a cousin, I mean, a nephew one time, we gave him, you know, all the gifts. And at the end, he said, is this it? Also not a great question to ask in, in gift opening. So you kind of like, there's a little nervousness, you know, I hope they like it. I did look up this week, you know, some of the worst gifts, like hygienic items, like deodorant, not, not a good gift to give. <laughs> Breath mints, you know, that's probably not a great, not a great gift. Jesus is a gift that's worth opening. And here's some of the things that we find in Christmas. First of all, God is a giver. Hundreds of years before Christ came in the book of the ancient book of Isaiah in verse 9, we read, For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given. God gave to us the greatest gift that he could ever give. And when you look at this passage, it's, it, it is like when you think, then what is the gift? I know that a son is given, but what is the true gift? And I love the clarity of the Bible that, that it answers that question for us. Romans 6, the gift of God is eternal life. It's that simple. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Now, sometimes when you hear that word eternal life, you think, okay, that means the afterlife. And, and so many faiths and religions have an afterlife. But Jesus, as he did with many things, redefined the things that we think were as we thought they were. In other words, he said, let me define eternal life for you. Eternal life actually doesn't need to wait until you're there. Eternal life is knowing God right now. In other words, having a living personal dynamic with God. It's not about religion. It's not about church attendance. It's not about any of those things. It's about coming alive and experiencing a new life now that carries into the afterlife. But eternal life begins right now. And this is what we find. The gift of God is eternal life. And it is a gift. And so here's survey number three. How many of you are hard to buy for? How many of you, like your, your spouse would say, also very shy. I see these little, these, <laughs> oh, thank you. A spouse just raised her husband. I'm extremely hard to buy for. I, you know, in fact, to be honest with you, I've been married, we've been married 28 years and somebody asked me before I, I came up tonight and they, and they said, uh, so would you guys get each other? And the answer is we already got it and we bought it ourselves. After so many years of marriage, I think she just gave up. Like when I get one. So my dad was infamous. He liked his shirts, 50 percent polyester and 50 percent cotton. And if it was 60, 40, 49, 51, forget it. He, dad's going to take it back. And so I guess I'm a little bit picky. And so I find it more enjoyable to go buy my own gift. When it comes to Jesus, I personally tried to buy it rather than treating it like a gift. I thought if I could change my behavior enough, because I thought that's how I, I became okay with God. If I went to church, I started going to church and started attending church. I had no relationship with God. There was no eternal life. There was no dynamic there. But I was trying to buy what God was trying to give me. And so when we look at the Bible, it, the gift is a gift. It is always a gift, and we cannot buy it. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast, because when I buy my own gifts, I'm going to say, look at this shirt, and you want to know how much I paid for it. $2.39. I'm going to say, man, look at what I've done. And then it's no longer a gift. And so what God, he comes along and says, I don't want you to earn it. I'm not going to make you love me. I want to give this gift to you at the moment that you have nothing to pay for. You have no money that can pay for this gift. And he comes to us and says, I want you to know that I love you and I'm giving you this gift. Now here's the thing. Sometimes when you get a gift, it seems more increasingly difficult to open gifts. Have you, have you noticed that with your kids' gifts, with children's gifts, children's toys? You know, they got those plastic things with bolts on them. Scissors are no longer good enough. You need those things, you know, where if you're breaking into a bank or out of prison, you know, it's like, you know, can you cut the chain or something like that? Or my grandmother, I think she, her, rule, her rule of thumb was to go through at least one roll of tape per present. Wow. There was so much there. I just was reading, I was reading a marketing book, believe it or not. 
and uh, they were talking about the Apple boxes. If you ever bought an, an Apple, you know, a Macintosh. And when you open the box, it's very complicated. And they design it that way because they think if it, you, they think if it takes more time to open, then you're going to appreciate the what you you know paid out the teeth for when you when you got the computer. Religion has a tendency to make this choice difficult, to complicate it as much as possible. And God comes and he says these words in the most famous verse in the New Testament, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but there it is again, but have eternal life. This is how we unwrap the gift of Christ. You get a gift and you think, gosh, is there tape on it? Is it complicated? Do I need to unscrew it or unbolt it or cut something? And Christ said, it's not that way when it comes to unwrapping the gift of eternal life. We unwrap the gift of eternal life simply through faith. And what that means, I know that sounds, it is a Bible word, it sounds like a churchy word, but what that means is that every single human being is trusting in something. Even my friends who are atheists, you're trusting that there is no God. That is your formula, that is your theory, that is your worldview, and that's what you're, you're banking on, that there is no God. Every single person, even if a person says, I don't believe in anything, that is what you're believing in, that's what you're trusting. So when we come to Christ, the way we unwrap this precious gift is that we come and we say, I'm going to transfer Whatever I'm trusting in, some people trust in a pastor, some people trust in a priest, some people trust in the institution of the church, some people trust in trying to do better, but we come to Christ and we say, I'm going to transfer everything I'm trusting in, and I'm going to trust in Christ alone, and that opens up the gift of eternal life. Ephesians 2, there it is again, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Sometimes it just get, it seems like human beings can complicate the most easiest and most simple of things. So some of you know I travel you know, a bit, travel a lot internationally. And when you travel internationally, you have to be very careful about what you eat. I don't, we don't eat any raw you know, fruit, any raw vegetables because of the water that it might have been washed in. All these, you know, we have uh, you know, pretty, pretty high you know, level of rules and standards when we're going and the food just gets heavy. So one time I'm like, I, I got to bring some vegetables with me. So I thought, man, I've got the most brilliant idea. I'm going to bring canned goods. I packed my suitcase full of canned goods, which, you know, it's kind of a lighter item, as you can imagine. And I had all canned green beans and canned corn and all this can can stuff. And I got there and doggone it, I forgot one thing. Can opener, you betcha. Just that one simple thing sometimes is the thing that we miss. It seems so easy when God says it's not by works, it's by faith. It's that inner transfer of faith. Here comes the challenging part. And again, I trust that when we come into a gathering of a spiritual community that, hey, I want the whole truth. And here's the truth of the matter. When God created Adam and Eve, he gave them the most dangerous gift that God could have ever given. It's almost like giving one of these children up here tonight a chainsaw for, for Christmas. Who would do that? And the dangerous gift that God gave was the gift of choice. 
because he didn't want to make us love him. He wanted us to he wanted to know that we, we made the choice in all of our brokenness and all of our challenges and all of our sin and all of our mistakes and all of our perfection. We come and say, we, we love you. We need you. It's our choice. So this gift that God gives to us is, in a, in a sense, it is a choice whether we're going to open it through faith or not. Because the reality of our conversation tonight is this. A gift can remain unopened. In fact, if I told you tonight that there is in one of the boxes on your seats that there is a box that has a diamond ring in it. Some of you are looking right now. I can see that. I didn't say there is. I just said let's say there was. (laughs) And let's say you didn't believe that, like, ah, there's no diamond ring, but you actually had the box with the diamond ring. And you went home and think, okay, that was kind of silly, and you tossed it in the trash, and then you put your trash out on Wednesday, and the trash guys come, they pick it up, and they put it in the dump. And they bury it in the dump, and it just gets all rolled up into one, and it's sitting there for a century because the value of the gift is only valued when it's opened. That diamond ring could be buried for centuries, and it would have no value because no one was using it, no one was embracing it, no one was, was wearing it, no one was having it in their life. And Christ is the same. Do you know that uh, if you had, I'm not even going to do a survey on this one, but do you know that in America, nearly 70% of all gem memberships go unused? 70%. How much is that, you ask? Well, thanks for asking. <laughs> Nearly $400 million goes unused, unopened, and yet the gym is still there and no one's using it. Here's another one for you. I don't know if you saw this story. A couple of weeks ago, someone won a $44 million lotto, had the $44 million lotto ticket in Florida just a couple of weeks ago. They passed the deadline, and no one claimed it. I love that. I love that groan, by the way. (laughs) And yet when we think about like $44 million, that seems to hit us more than eternal life left cooped up and unused. Because when, when God says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Just a few sentences later, Jesus does make this claim. Here's the challenge. Whoever believes in the son, who's unwrapped the son by faith, there it is, has eternal life. But if we choose not to open the gift and reject the son, we simply won't see life. The opposite of life is death. In spiritual terms, Here's what that means, as eternal life means that we've got this dynamic rhythm with God. Death in the scripture often is separation. That means that we're just, we're away from God. We have no rhythm with God, and that's when life becomes its starkest, absolute empty. It's the most empty that we can ever have life without God. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, way back in Moses' writing, he made this statement. He said, I have set before you life and death. And it's as if God says, blessing or cursing, I'm begging you 
open the gift. Open the gift that has life. Don't let life keep you from opening. Don't let your intellect or your logical arguments get so entangled that you can't get past the simplicity that at Christmas, Christ came and he wrapped himself in humanity and said, simply open this gift by faith. Look, I've been a Christ follower for 41 years. I still can't fully understand the depth of the simplicity of Christ, Emmanuel, God in the flesh. Here's the thing. When we see, we saw the gift of eternal life. Watch this. The opposite of that for the wage, Romans chapter 6, the wages of sin is death, separation. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Here's where this all began. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve decided to get away from God's alignment. They they misaligned with God. They made the choice to step away from God. God came walking in the garden that day, and they felt exposed because they were, they had been, but all of a sudden they were exposed And they separated themselves from God. They hid from God. And this is when when we're born, this is the state. We're born in the separated state from God. God comes walking in the garden. And here's the hope and the beauty of the Christmas story. I've given you a challenge, but I'm also going to give you the hope. God walks in the garden that day in Genesis chapter 3. Then the man and his wife, Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they separated from God. They hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And then God, who knows all things, asked this question. He's holding out the gift, and he says, Adam, where are you? God knew where they were, but he was asking a deeper question. I believe it's the question that he asked tonight. Where are you? Where are you? I'm holding out the gift. Where are you? And then what happened? Watch this. This is incredible. Christmas happened in Genesis chapter 3 in the Garden of Eden. You see, Christ came to earth even when we turned our back on him. This is the God of the universe. This is the God of creation. This is the God of the Bible. In our worst moments, if I were God, I would say, well, that's it. I don't even know why I created you guys. I gave you the garden. I give you everything. There was just one thing I asked you not to do. I've had it. I'd you know, cancel culture. I would have canceled it right there. But the essence of God, if you ever wanted to know, the essence and the most profound core of who God is, that he walks in the garden even when they've turned their back on him. This is the God of Christmas. Even when we've, the whole earth could reject Christ, he comes unto you. A son is given. He sees Adam and Eve that day. They're hiding. They're ashamed. And look what he does. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and he wrapped them. Merry Christmas. He wrapped them. He did for them what they couldn't do for themselves. And from that moment, God said, this is how you can stand before me 
in all your brokenness, not because you've done something great, but because you're wrapped in Christ. You see, when we go to heaven and we stand before God, he's not going to ask, how many times did you read the Bible? How many times did you go to church? Did you do better than your neighbor? Did you do these things and not these things and have this massive checklist? He's not going to list a, 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 an inventory of all your sin. There's one question. Are you wrapped in Christ? Are you clothed in Christ? Because it, he is our covering. In fact, the Bible says, again, back in the ancient book of Isaiah, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices and my God. Why are you so happy? Well, because he has wrapped me. He has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me. He has arrayed me in a robe of righteousness because when we're standing in front of God and we're wrapped in Christ, it's as if there is no sin. All of a sudden, God doesn't remember. He has amnesia all of a sudden. Because he's not looking at our brokenness, he's looking at the covering of Christ, the robe of Christ that, that we've been clothed with. That is the beauty of it. Psalm 103, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins from us. All right, survey number four. How many of you already peeked in this, this box? How many of you cheated? Okay, there, raise them high. You're in front of God. You're in church. Don't lie. <laughs> How many of you are hoping for a set of car keys to a brand new car like the Oprah Show? Okay. <laughs> you see, in this box, when we open Christ, I don't know if you had the same experience I did. Some people were eager, as some of you were eager. Hey, I want to find out what's in the box, right? Some of you are like, I'm not going to open the box until somebody tells me to open the box. <laughs> some of you are wired that way, right? <laughs> we're all wired in different ways. Some people might be afraid to open the box of God. I might get in trouble. That was, that's my story. I came to God... And I begin to open, and I begin to, I wonder, oh, that's on the list. That's how I grew up. I grew up in religion that taught me there was a list. And that list scared the daylights out of me. Oh, not that one. So on the day that I finally understood that it was a gift, and you can go ahead if you haven't opened yours yet, that's the list when we open the There's nothing on the list. As far as the east is from the west, which is eternity, it is a, it is, there is nothing on the list. I have, if you walk in my office, I got a bunch of little stuff hang, uh, sitting on the, uh, around. I love sitting things like this around. I'm going to set this on my desk. Because it reminds me that the essence of Christmas is that Christ came wrapped in humanity, wrapped as a baby, died on the tree, wrapped his body, came back from the dead 
so that I could open, that you could open, that we could open this gift by choice and be wrapped in the, in the robe of righteousness and clothed in Christ, that when we stand before God, that when we put our head on the pillow tonight, eternal life begins. And I can have a dynamic and a safe and a loving relationship with God. This is the essence of Christmas. It is the gift that God gives to us. In fact, let me close with this beautiful verse, again from Isaiah. God says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my sake, for my own sake, and remembers your sin no more. I was reading an article this afternoon that the leader of North Korea has banned Christmas. There will be no celebration of Christmas. There were nine people that were able to get out of North Korea. And they put bottles together to float onto the shores of North Korea. In that bottle were four weeks worth of rice for a family and a thumb drive that had the message of Christ. Because once they got out and they had a choice, they had to share it with somebody, the people that they love, their family members, their friends. Maybe there's somebody in your life that you say, hey, let me share with you who Christ really is. It truly is not about religion. It's truly not about how right or wrong you are. It truly is about a God who wrapped himself so that we can be wrapped. That's the story of Christmas. I'd like to pray with you. Father, thank you tonight for this incredible reminder and maybe new news for some. We thank you, God, that you gave to us that unto us a son has been given. It was costly for you to put your son on that tree to be wrapped. The brokenness that you must have experienced. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. We're grateful that we can't earn it because we would be forever wondering if we got it right enough. We're grateful, God, that it has nothing to do with being more religious, more spiritual, more right. It has everything to do, God, with putting our trust in you. Tonight, that invitation rings true. It just reverberates across many, many, many centuries. Today, I put before you life or death. God's saying, please choose life. As we're in this moment of prayer, I just want you to take a deep breath. We're away from the hustle and the bustle of life. Not going to make this awkward, but I do want to extend the invitation of Christ. And I want you to think deeply and honestly. We're not, nobody's going to point anybody out. We're not going to raise hands or any of that. I just want between you and God to answer this question. Have I been wrapped in Christ? Have I been clothed 
in Christ? Have I opened up the gift through faith to eternal life? And if you haven't, why not begin now? One of my mom's best friends sat in a Christmas Eve service just like this. And her heart, her life was changed forever when she said yes to the invitation of Christ. And maybe that's you tonight. You might like, hey, how do I open this package? Here, uh, here's how it begins. It has to begin with your acknowledging your need for Christ. God, I need you. If we can't get to that first step, really, there's no use to go any further. I need you, God. I need a Savior, and the reason I need a Savior is that quite honestly, as you know, God, I'm a sinner. I'm broken, I'm imperfect, and God, you're not. And there's a, there's a gap here. We're separated. So I wonder from your heart to God's right now, if you would say, God, I need a Savior. I confess to you, I am a sinner. It is a beautiful moment when you can come to that place, a place of need, and voice it to God. Secondly, where is your trust tonight? Is it a little here, a little there, trusting you might, that you're okay with God because you're a pretty good person? The invitation to eternal life is unwrapped through faith in Christ and Christ alone. God, I need a Savior, and I put all my trust, 100% of my trust on Christ. Whatever I'm trusting in God, I throw it away. I trust in Christ alone. Would that be your prayer? God, I need a Savior. I trust in Christ. And finally, God, I just want to, I wanted a gift exchange here. I want to turn in my life as it is. Come 180 degrees. And I'm asking for the gift of eternal life. Would you breathe new life in me, God, on this Christmas Eve? Would you breathe new life? God, I need a Savior. I trust in Christ alone. Would you breathe new life in me? Are you speaking to God? He's waiting. He's walking into your garden. He wants to clothe you. He wants to embrace you. He wants to breathe new life in you. Oh, speak to him now. Transfer your trust to Christ alone. Father, we read this Christmas story. We are again amazed at your grace. Thank you so much for loving us, so much that you've given. Oh, come let us adore you. Christ our Lord, we pray. Thank you for joining us. And special thanks for those of you who give generously to make this ministry possible. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can also subscribe or share it with your friends. For more information about 360 Church, visit us at the360church.com.